I was older than than my soldiers. I, I was done with college when I joined the army. So uh, these kids, 18, 19, I was in my late 20s. I was almost 30. At 29, running around with a bunch of 18 year old kids. I mean, you find out you're a dinosaur. It's a young man's you know profession, and you just it's just you care about people. You 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 want to make sure that they're going to do this. Uh, tomorrow, and then the next day, you're trapped behind a wall, and and your guys are are risking their lives for you. It's a, it's a really incredible way. You know, we hear about essential jobs all the time with yeah. COVID. You you never have to. No one has to tell you you're essential right. when you're getting shot at. <laughs> Everyone knows instantly right. that you have a purpose, and this is what you're validated for, and this is why. Hi there, and welcome into a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. David Bellavia is a former Army soldier who was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions during the Second Battle of Fallujah. David has also received the Bronze Star Medal, two Army Commendation Medals, two Army Achievement Medals, and the New York State Conspicuous Service Cross. In 2005, Bellavia was inducted into the New York Veterans Hall of Fame, and upon being awarded the Medal of Honor on June 25, 2019, Bellavia became the first and currently only living recipient of the Medal of Honor for service during the Iraq War. We are honored to have David Bellavia join us here on Celebrity Salute. David, how are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, sir? Man, I'm, I'm doing great. This is just, uh, this is great stuff. And I, I've seen a lot of things written about you. I've, uh, I, I saw the presentation of the medal. Um, and it's really amazing to me that it, it has taken this long. Now, I guess you were actually put up for the medal in 2005, right? Correct. Yeah. And and so it finally comes through. Is this something that you thought would happen? Yeah, I don't think anyone ever thinks it's going to happen. The way, unfortunately, the way the process works, it's so secretive. You don't you don't ever see your packet. You never know, you know, who the witness is, what they said. Uh, They keep it totally from the recipient. They don't interview you. It's not a process that you're involved in. It has to be witnessed by other people. So other people are really the ones that are answering the questions and, and doing all the work. And, you know, you just don't hear about it. You never are right. told you, you didn't get it. You got it, whatever it was. So after a while, you just think it was a, a urban legend right. that it was just <laughs> something that someone threw out there and it was, you were nominated, but really not really. Um, and you just live your life. You just move on. Well, I, I mean, you've, You've lived a, a few different lifetimes, David. You know, as a staff sergeant, left the Army in 2005. He's credited with braving enemy fire to free fellow soldiers from the kill zone and then re-entering the house in Fallujah to chase down and kill other insurgents, including one in hand-to-hand combat with a knife. And this is in the pitch black, right? It was pretty dark. You know, it's it's one of those things where you uh... – if you take time and think about everything, it doesn't make much sense. And you look back at when you're younger and you think, wow, I mean, I just, I served with these guys who every day, they just did something incredible. You, you know, you're, I was older than, than my soldiers. I I was done with college when I joined the army. So uh, these kids, 18, 19, I was in my late twenties. I was almost 30 at 29 running around with a bunch of 18 year old kids. I mean, you find out you're a dinosaur. It's a young man's, you know, profession. And, 
and uh, you're you're just trying to keep up with them physically, and you realize you get yourself into a spot, and you just it's just you care about people. You 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 want to make sure that they're going to do this uh, tomorrow, and then the next day you're trapped behind a wall, and and your guys are are risking their lives for you. It's a it's a really incredible way. You know, we hear about essential jobs all the time with yeah. COVID. You you never have to. No one has to tell you you're essential right. when you're getting shot at. <laughs> Everyone knows instantly right. that you have a purpose, and this is what you're validated for, and this is why. Okay, here's an alarming stat that you probably already know: forty four percent of military service members' spouses sleep six hours or less every night. Gee, wonder why. Could it be you have to move again, trying to get everything done while your partner is defending our country? Any part of the military is stressful, and it may be that you've got the wrong bed. Well, Sleep Number Beds wants to help. Sleep Number Sleep IQ sleepers who exercise daily are the most restful overall and have the lowest heart rates. Discover the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed for proven quality sleep. During the Veterans Day sale, save $1,000 on a special edition smart bed, now $1,799. Plus, exclusive offers for military members. For a limited time only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash defense. We're talking to David Bellavia here in the National Defense, the first living Medal of Honor recipient from the war in Iraq. And David, you know, you hit on something that we always talk about on this show uh, whenever we hear anybody outside the military complain about the COVID, we say, you know, why don't you cut, try to get through it and at the same time protect our country? I mean, that's the, that's the kind, you know, and that puts things immediately uh, into perspective for a lot of people. But with, so when you, what inspired you to get into the military uh, in the first place? You know, I had a, my, my granddad uh, still with us, a hundred years old, and he's wow. a Normandy vet. And he would tell stories, probably wildly inappropriate stories to tell an eight-year-old, but he would tell me as a, <laughs> as a, a young man of, of just what it was like to go up uh, against the Nazis and the hedgerows and and how he would tell the stories of the people he served with. And I just thought of any profession in the world, just there's nobility and purpose in and serving in a war. And it was never, there wasn't a war going on uh, when I graduated high school. And so I just thought that, you know, I, I had a, a situation happen in my life where uh, we had a basically a, a home break in. Uh, these guys came in and, uh, you know, just robbed the house while we were there. Mm. And, and I, I really didn't respond. Well, I thought I should have. I figured the army was just summer camp, bad haircuts. You get toughened up. You learn out what you can do, and and you move on with your life. Uh, the towers fell while I was in, and everything changed. Like so many Americans, and we ended up on a on a pretty impressive, um, you know, just the tempo, the operational tempo from September 11th to the mid 2000s. I mean, people deployed back to back for almost three years. Wow. You know, you talk about, and I've heard you talk several times about uh, this mission that you were on uh, that uh, you know, earned you the uh, the medal. But and, and by the way, that's not the only the list of medals for David Bellavia is we don't have enough time on a show. I, I mean, he's got every every medal known to man. But, you know, uh, I've heard you say that you just reacted. Uh, what do you what do you remember specifically uh, about that night that maybe uh, set that apart from any other mission you were on? I, there's so many um, the emotions of the fact that we had 
these guys, uh, you know, almost jeering and laughing at us, uh, you know, you, 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 you ambush someone from inside of a building, you're set up with machine guns, you got guys reacting to glass in their face, metal, you know, guys that are, are hit and, and, you know, calling out for medics and just having those guys just tease us from across the way. And, and, and the idea that, you know, it was the first time that I felt um, that, you know, all of our technology has been neutralized. Everything that we, you know, we beat ourselves on the chest and say America's elite because laser bombs, night vision, thermals, tanks, Bradleys, you name it, we've got it. Uh, but this is what really combat's all about. It's distilled to its most primal form of just what are you fighting for? Wow. Because what we're fighting for is stronger than what you believe in. And we're not going to back down from a situation. It was the closest thing that I really felt that even though it was Iraq, I felt like I was a part of, you know, this is this is why we we fight. This is it's all boiled down to this. And, and was your sense when this was all over uh, that that you had uh, performed over and above uh, what you were asked to do, or was this just another uh, it's a day in the life, uh, just just doing my job, ma'am? No, listen. Not only was it not a big deal, uh, we almost got blown up by the Air Force. I mean, if we didn't leave that house in the speed in which they were dropping a bomb on it, and so while all this is happening, the reason why you don't have American soldiers running in to help is because they're trying to call off a twenty-five hundred pound bomb sure. from coming through the middle of it. So it, there was no time to say good job, no time to do anything. The next day no sleep out there doing it again. Uh, you know, I, I know some people go to baseball games and keep score on their own. You know, we don't, <laughs> we don't do that in the army. Yeah. And, and you know, you, so you, you come out of the army 2005 and you get into something even more dangerous radio. I absolutely, you know, there's, there's like two schools of thought. You've got the, <laughs> the, the people that have been doing this like you and they're professionals and, you know, it's there. There's the the pride of what radio represents, and then you get to that talk format, and it's it. A lot of it's like being in the barracks, just hanging <laughs> I was out, just talking say, to people. Well, yeah, but, and still getting shot at uh, on social media. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you crazy. know exactly. You know, yeah, it, no, you know exactly what it's like. David's uh, does a talk show a week, uh, uh, a daily talk show uh, in Buffalo, New York, and he he'd been on there since what. Uh, Five six years, seven years, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, what is the reaction? Because that would that would kind of blow my mind. I think if uh, if I'm listening to radio and I know your story and you're hosting a daily show, I think that's so cool, man. <laughs> I just really do. I what what was the reaction uh, at first when you started doing your own show? Well, since I got the award, prank calls are down 40%. So we're hanging in. We find that no one's messing around with me that way. But, but right. honestly, it, it was a shock to a lot of people, I think. Everyone knew I was a vet. I'd, I'd written a book. And so, you know, there was he, – he had an experience in Fallujah that, you know, but it wasn't significant uh, enough where people would say, hey – but when the award happened, a lot of folks were like, I, I, I got emails when the news broke. There's a guy with your name that's getting the Medal of Honor at work. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Good for know? him. Yeah. Yeah, right. What a, what a, that poor guy has no idea what he's in for. But, uh, 
that that no so it was it was strange so some people didn't really and now then you become like soldier man and it's almost like you know it's like miss america where they give you a title and you have to do something with a title like you know help animals or (laughs) you know go out there right you know start a fund and (laughs) no it it gets really good so now all these recipients have their own thing that they do across the country and and you know you, you start to realize getting to know you know, Medal of Honor recipients to an infantryman, it's like, you know, you right. meet Bart Starr. Right. You, you, you're, you, this is my Captain America and Spider-Man. I mean, these are the guys we emulated. And then you see them and they're, you know, they're in the flesh walking around and you just, you want to fanboy out. And so I spend a majority of these reunions and get togethers just hanging out with legends like Gary Luttrell and Gary Bikerk. And, yeah. you know, uh, we got a guy from Woody from, uh, you know, Iwo Jima. He was a flamethrower operator in World War II. Oh my gosh! And Woody Williams is still running around at 97 years old. And you know, guy had a a flamethrower was a bad idea in '43. By the <laughs> way, it's, it's an equal bad idea in 2020. Have you met uh, Dakota Meyer? I have not met Dakota. I look forward to that day, though. I have a lot of respect for him. He he went through a, a really difficult. A lot of these guys, especially when you're the first of something the first Marine since Vietnam, there was a tremendous amount of pressure put on Dakota. Right. And that guy has handled it and, uh, you know, probably grown more in the last 10 years than at any time in his life. But uh, I really, really admire him and appreciate him. And I look forward to the day that we can, uh, we can talk. We're talking to uh, David Bellavia here in the national defense. Uh, David is the first living medal of honor recipient from the war in Iraq. And I, I want to ask you about that too, because uh, you certainly are, are one of the heroes of Iraq, but you're not the only hero. Uh, so will there be many more of these Medal of Honor uh, uh, given out? Or how, how come there haven't been more, I guess? You know, I, your, your guess is because mine, it, it, it's actually, we have a second recipient now, uh, uh, Sergeant Major Payne from, this was the part of the Iraq war, the, the ISIS fight. Uh, but it happened in Iraq, and the guy saved 75 people, uh, you know, entering fire, cutting locks off. Uh, he did basically, you know, at the end of every Bruce Lee movie, he saved, like, all the prisoners. I mean, right. the, the the fact that he was entering the building on fire, getting shot at, Delta guy, he's an absolute incredible ambassador. But the, Elwin Cash is someone that, that people are talking about, the next recipient. That, to me, is a slam dunk no-brainer. Um, not only did this man do what he did for our country, his son just joined the Army, uh, continuing that tradition. So, yeah. I mean, God bless that family. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if politics is involved or why it got involved, but when you have you know recipients in the 20s and you look over at the Iraq War, you certainly don't want to put Iraq veterans in a comparison against Afghanistan veterans. We don't cheapen the valor of an Afghani veteran by by acknowledging what 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 guys did in Iraq. Right. So I, I think I think there's a way that we can have an equal representation from two completely different fights. Man, I got to tell you how refreshing it is. I, I've interviewed. Uh, oh gosh, I, I mean, we've been doing this show for 15 years, so I've had the honor of interviewing uh, many many type of award recipients, and a, a lot of them. Many of them, as you know, uh, don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't know what to do with it. And I will say that it's so refreshing for, 
I, I don't. I don't want it to come out wrong, but I, I love the way that you embrace this because everybody is interested. Everybody wants to hear, especially right now. Everybody wants to hear your story. Everybody wants to hear a story like this, and I just appreciate the candor and the discussion that you are having about this. Well, I mean, look, there's there's 69 living recipients of something that is, you know, a, a club that no one ever dreams that you can't even apply to be in it. And right. it, it's so random. And so you, you think to yourself, all right, I lost friends. I saw what, what men and women did, you know, in front of me, but how many people did something incredible and no one was there to witness it. And without a witness, you're not getting the medal of honor. Sure. Yeah. So, so there are so many tens of thousands of people that have done things more impressive that we'll never know. And it just plays to the absolute selflessness of service. And you talk about now more than ever, I mean, I, I looked at my left and right at my own ceremony and, you know, there's diversity everywhere and we find a way to, to put everything that makes us different aside and say, what, what brings us together? Why are we here? And regardless of your, who you love or what you worship or what you look like, we're fighting together. We're fighting for each other. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it, at this point in America, it might take an alien in, invasion of insects or something for us to all <laughs> come together. But we, we need it because uh, America is is too too decent of a place to, to lose because of our own infighting. It, it's senseless. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're amen. I want to ask you about your book. It's uh, is House to House. Is that the name of the book? That is correct. And uh, and. Tell us what that's about. I mean, I, I assume that it's about what you did uh, in Iraq. Yeah, I, my, my whole goal in the book was to uh, everything that I we didn't see people die in, in color TV uh, in World War Two until Spielberg made a movie. And <laughs> at, at that time, it was like a Victorian sense of combat. You throw a grenade in a tank and, and it poofs and smoke and we high five and smoke right. a cigarette. And right. That was the war. And so I wanted people just to feel um, you know, the, the, the famous sayings of, of what veterans coming home from Korea and World War II and Vietnam, it, you're, you're, I want you to feel dirty after reading something like this. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not designed to be war pornography, but it's designed to give you just a, a, a taste of what the little things you never think about, yep. you know, having a, a, a flu bug while you're in a firefight having a stomach ache, going without sleep and hungry and all the different things your body is telling you to do. And these young men and women do it every single day. They volunteer to do it. And and when we see a veteran at the mall or at Walmart, you have no idea what they've been through. Yeah. And it just takes five seconds to just acknowledge that Cold War vet, you know, that Vietnam vet and just say, hey, you know, I really appreciate you choosing to do this for me. And that's something we can all agree on. You know, I know you started an organization um, in 2005 called Vets for Freedom. And I love this because this is the entire mission of this program, uh, talking about how to separate politics from the warriors who fight in the field. There there should be nobody. And we get a lot of celebrities on this show because it's one of the very few places where they feel comfortable saying, I support the troops, I love this country, and that's it. And that's exactly what we preach on, on this program. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it, it's one of the things that I, I I'm so proud of my army that we were every time the world tells us gay people are going to openly serve in the army. Oh my, our institution is going to fall to shreds. 
you show absolutely no respect to the institution. Yeah. And we don't care about anything you do uh, outside of that uniform. Represent that uniform. Put it in a better place than you got it. Make us proud and 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 be happy. Happy soldiers, by the way, make longer t- serving soldiers. Yeah. So we want people to be comfortable and, and treated with dignity and respect. That's part of who we are as a culture. But again, you know, the, the idea that it's somehow controversial to say, you know, we support our troops, we support our military. I mean, the, the very people that we're fighting uh, overseas have some of the most repugnant, uh, you know, view, outlooks on where, yeah. you know, how social justice is, is supposed to be run. So we, we have a lot of people on our side. Um, you know, in this country, whether you, however you see politics or how you vote, uh, that military is always going to do its job. We will serve Democrats, Republicans. We'll do it as we're told, and we'll keep you proud because that's our oath. Even even independents. We're not the independents. It's too wishy washy. <laughs> we need we need people making decisions around here. No, uh, everyone, right. everyone, everyone. So, what do you talk about on your radio show? Tell me about your radio show. How is it? Two, yeah, three well, hours. What I'm, yeah, it's. But I try to, you know, the politics of because of the election year, it always gets hijacked. But I, I just like having a, a dialogue where, I mean, survey radio, smaller markets, it tends to be, you know, Whopper, Big Mac, call in, tell us what you think. You what know, a that's t-shirt. what we're throwing out there. Yeah, what a T-shirt. I, I would like to, it just to be uh, a clubhouse where we're having conversations. And, and we're asking the questions, especially now when we're, Everyone's just trying to divide everyone. Ask questions that you really want to get answers to. And if we're offended in the question process, well, you can't really be upset that people aren't talking. Right. So we we have to be tough. We have to be adults. And we have to confront and understand that the thing we're lacking the most in American society is the one thing that has always made us great. And that is we don't fear confrontation. Yeah. And confrontation is not always violent. It should never be violent. Right. It should never be, be. It's just simply saying, I disagree. And and let's defend it. Let's have that conversation. But at the end of the day, let's look at how blessed we are and look at what we've done together, what we've built together in this country. It's it's the pride of the world. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And also the fact that I don't know. I don't know how we got to the point of I don't agree with you, so I'm going to kill you now. I, I just I don't. I didn't. Well, but even that's that's the extreme. But but there's another side of it. It's like I don't agree. But like I don't agree with you. You shouldn't have a job. Well, right. Well, I don't okay. agree with sure. you. You shouldn't be able to eat at a restaurant because I disagree with your politics or yeah. you're not, you know, doing what I'm telling you to do and, and coercing people. I mean, you it's this is it's no longer one side able to look at the other side, wave their finger and say, you should be ashamed of yourselves. It's everyone. Yeah. Everyone is doing this. And we're taking we're taking advantage of folks. Uh, people want, you know, whenever the society gets into nostalgia, we're we're in trouble. When you're reminiscing of a better time, right. you're not really enjoying the time you're in. Well, so we, I, I will, I will I just disagree with you a little bit on that one because I think in this pandemic, I think it's great to look back about what we've come through as a country and what we've been through and the things that the horrible things that we thought would never end that we got through because that gives me some hope. That gives me some inspiration. Of course, you're talking about the Welcome Back uh, Cotter show. That was something we all had to endure together. I, I was talking about the reunion show, the Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> you, you go back and look at, at just the way uh, there was a mindset. I, I, I did this on my show the other day. How many times have you cried in front of a coworker? 
Do you know how many times, you know, your your father's answer to that question would be a slap across your face. <laughs> right, exactly. Your father, you, yeah. your father worked with people that lost their legs in a steel accident and didn't cry. Right, right. And, and, and we've got people that are like four or five times, I think. How could you cry in front of coworkers five times? <laughs> hey, I'll give you work there 30 years. It should never happen. So I don't, I don't quite understand where – it's not about being an alpha male. It's about being a responsible adult, man and woman. And realizing that emotions are wonderful, but they can't be our default setting, can't be angry in default. And we certainly can't be afraid of people who are different than us or think different than us. <laughs> and that's why I love doing this show, because I talk to people every day that uh, I will never, ever compare myself to. We had a guy the other day, uh, a, a Marine that's going to do something on Veterans Day to raise money. He's going to do uh, he's going to uh, break, try and break the Guinness Book of World Records for the most push ups in a 12 hour period. Well, yeah, these guys are crazy. I mean, really. I mean, do you know what that no number? That, that number is nineteen thousand. I can't even. Uh, yeah, I can't. And by the way, I've always had to take the PT test right after him. Yeah, and that's always <laughs> frustrating. Right. Those are the guys that are always the one in front of you. They're like doing three hundred and eighty in a two minute cycle, and you're that's like, right. "Come on, now, he's not even human." No, I mean, those guys have incredible gifts. You know, you you forget that the military. You know, people tend to think of the military as just a, a filter that, that takes what the rest of the industry doesn't want. That might have been true 20, 30 years ago. Right. Uh, but today's military is very competitive. And <laughs> we are our, – our kids that are coming out of the military are going into great, great things. But the athletes that we have are really incredible. I mean, they do physical training three times a day. Man. And you got a kid like this guy pumping out 19,000 push-ups. I mean, that's – you would have to literally total the commander's car to get that much in punishment. So. <laughs> I, I said, how do you train for something like that? 19,000 pushups. He goes, well, you know, I get, in the, get out of bed at like 4.30. I do a quick thousand. And then uh, before I go to bed, I do another thousand. And on the weekends, I do more. I'm like, I, I'm exhausted speaking to you. And you know that there's going to be one of his peers next to him saying, wrong form, do it again. Yeah. I'm not counting that one. <laughs> right. You're not straight enough, buddy. Bend the elbows all the way, yeah. So, David, since you uh, uh, came out in 2005, um, I just want to ask you about where do you think the military was then? Where is it now? And And it's been my sense, because that's about the same amount of time I've been doing this show, uh, it's been my sense that, People are finally starting to get it, maybe a little bit. Companies are starting to get it. They're they're starting to hire veterans because they know they're great employees, and and I think the public in in general is starting to recognize the value. Um, what have you seen since two thousand five? Well, it's been a, a one eighty in in the way. I mean, look again. It there was a. a, a I think there was a mindset out there for a very long time that if you joined the military, you couldn't get into college or you got someone pregnant. And, and those were yep. the two options you chose. And it was someone that couldn't make it through college. So basically, you have college, universities all across the country that are breeding perpetual adolescents. Be as young as you right. want, get an adult coloring book, you're 44, you <laughs> want to start a band, God bless you. Go do it. Be free, be young, be Peter Pan. And the Army takes you at 18, and we crush adolescents into dust. And it's very threatening to some people who want to breed perpetual Peter Pan syndrome. Mm -hmm. And in the military, we say, listen, you're a man, you're a woman, and the world is rough out there. And uh, you, your shoulders are big enough to, 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 to burden, carry this burden for the rest of the country. And these young people, thank God, they all do it. 
and they're amazing at it. And so being around that again, having been removed from the military for 15 years, I see these young kids, everyone's complaining about this generation. You complained about our generation too until right. the towers came down, and now we get free tickets to SeaWorld and Budweiser <laughs> wants to give us stuff. That's right. Now all of a sudden, Generation X is is uh, you know the Normandy generation, <laughs> and and it comes down to this group that can't get their sideburns even, they don't make their bed, they they live on their phone. They're going to get tested, like every generation's been tested. And they're going to answer the call, and they're going to make us proud, and they're going to save the world. And that's what Americans do generation after generation. David Bellavia is the uh, first living Medal of Honor recipient from the war in Iraq. Man, it has been an absolute pleasure. It's just a great talk, great conversation, great talking to you, and best of luck on the radio show. And so if I am caller 13, I get a free T-shirt? Or how does that work? You get whatever you want. Free okay. t- Chicken wings is the is what we like to get. Chicken wings. Okay. All right. I, I, saw, I did see on your uh, uh, on your website, that, and, and is that the best place to f- uh, people to find out about your book and uh, the radio show? Yeah, that, that dutyfirst.com uh, is, is the website, duty with the number one, st.com. And you can check all that out, the radio show, and, and uh, whatever you want. It would be a lot of fun. Man, that's fantastic, David. Thank you so much for for taking the time. time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.